All right, welcome back to Trainers Lab Podcast. Uh, this is where we dissect the elements that make up accelerated remote coaching careers. So if you are a trainer who's really kind of, uh, you're packed out, you're, you have a full schedule on the floor, or you're just looking to transition online, make a hybrid uh, career uh, out of your skills, then this is the show where we kind of break all of those things down. Um, and yeah, my name is Ms. Bahak. I'm here with Blake Scheidt today. And What's one up, of the guys? things we were just discussing off air is you know, how many unique situations you're going to come up with, um, you know, when you're starting out as a coach, um, you know, religious or cultural things, things that you have to be sensitive to things you may not know about right away. And as a beginner, it can make you feel like an imposter because you're like, oh my gosh, I have no idea how I'm going <laughs> to deal with this. So, yeah. um, hopefully we're going to share some case studies today, uh, that are real life examples of, um, some common, uh, you know, themes and threads that, that I've seen throughout, you know, my coaching experience and Blake will kind of do the same. What do you think, Blake? Yeah, I think this is a huge one. Um, it's not talked about enough, especially in the, in the personalized or individualized kind of coaching, uh, bubble. Um, and I think being good with people means trying to, um, to understand that there's going to be a lot of people that work with you that are not like you, don't have the same worldview, same experiences. And so how you navigate those things and how you think about those things with people really will make a huge impact on whether or not your business is successful or not. Um, so I, you know, a little bit about my own background and, um, was that I, I actually was an inner city youth pastor for 10 years and in Baltimore city. And so, um, that was extremely, um, you know, impactful on how I see the world, how I uh, learned different people, and and trying to actually see through someone else's worldview and and their own experiences and things like that. So, you know, me and my wife and our firstborn son, we lived in in a neighborhood that was 98% African American. We intentionally moved in. We lived there. I worked at the school. I worked at the the, the church that was there. Um, we did a lot of outreach and things like that there. And and then these were my neighbors. So you know, I got to feel like a minority. I got to listen to people. I got to see kind of a different culture. Um, you know, in Baltimore City, like there's just so many differences. Uh, 15 minutes from where I grew up, because I grew up in Baltimore County. Uh, you know, just even in how how big of a deal. Um, you know, prom pictures are way bigger deal in the inner city with, with an African-American community than they were where I grew up. You know, you took a couple, this was like, you actually have a huge party. Everyone comes over. Um, it's a massive celebration. So there, there's a lots of different things. So that's just an example, but like learning that and, and kind of coming away with a, I'm going to be coaching people, whether it's be, I'm going to coach a lot of women. So I recognize when I started out in coaching, um, my first year, I actually went over to, um, it was a, it was a free certification by, I think it's called, uh, this was four or five years ago now. So, um, women gone strong, women gone strong. Have you heard of that, Ms? Yeah. yeah. So it they're, sounds they're, familiar. Yeah. They're, they, they put out really good stuff, but they did a whole like sensitivity certification on 70% of personal training clients are women. They're just more likely to hire a trainer. So if you want to kind of understand and be sensitive and kind of like think through how to coach women well, like this course was really helpful. And there were some really good things in there like 
that I'll even still catch myself doing here, like where I would say this to a guy that I'm coaching, but I, I probably would be hesitant to say that to a woman just to be more sensitive. But like, um, even giving compliments on like, Hey, I see that you're getting, you know, your arms are really getting more shredded or whatever. Like a guy is going to eat that up, but a woman, um, can not all, but like could feel like, uh, you know, well, why didn't you say that last week? You know, what did I look fat last week or something like that? You know, so just being more sensitive towards those things. Right. And I, I know that's kind of being general, but uh, this certification kind of opened my eyes to trying to be more thoughtful in those ways. And that was just like one area. So I feel like in dealing with that, like I've gotten to work with a, a plethora of different types of people from different types of backgrounds, different religions, different cultures. And so um, I would say kind of the key things that, really have helped me in coaching and, and I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on this uh, we're just continue to ask you know be genuine in your interest in them um, that people can sniff out like if you're not really really caring about those things um, and then the last one is if you really don't know just ask you know like I, I you know I'm, I'm really new to this. I don't come from that background. I think most people really appreciate that and they love the opportunity to get to share and educate if someone comes across genuinely um, wanting to know. And why that matters in coaching is because, um, you know, if you're, if you're like, and you and I talked to this off the air and you're going to speak a little bit more to this, but like if you're coaching someone through Ramadan and they're Muslim, like that's a very important um spiritual time for them but it's also going to be a time where they're on less nutrients because they're fasting they're going to feel uh all kinds of fatigued and tired and so how you create training programs and how you check in and how you know someone might not feel like themselves in that period of time and you're being understanding and supportive like uh and recognizing that not all fitness is about new prs and and running faster and getting stronger that sometimes it's about supporting people's lives that that's a really important um, thing to know and to try to be genuinely um, trying to be understanding and seek to be sensitive towards. So uh, those are my two cents. Uh, that Those experiences that I've had have been very helpful, and yet still I have a lot to learn uh, working with different kinds of people that I actually haven't worked with yet. So you have more of a record on this one, so I'm excited to hear some of your things. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, for me, I mean, similar to you, there's a little bit of personal experience here, and then there's a little bit of professional experience. From the personal side, I, I grew up, um, you know, Muslim, and I did actively fast when Ramadan happened. After a certain age, I didn't really, you know, do it as strictly uh, and whatnot. But that experience of getting to have to, like, go you know, to wrestling practice or like be able to go to the gym and still like put on muscle or try just not to lose muscle during that time. Uh, I remember even training for weightlifting meets actively during Ramadan and, and my experience with my coach at the time who his name is Z uh, John Zajac and he was in Lancaster uh, PA I would drive every Sunday uh, for a little while like two hours each way and get to go lift with him and his crew and it was just like a good vibe there and I remember even just lifting alone or lifting there like the energy is so I remember hitting this wall of like you start to get like almost the chills and uh, a fever like state from overtraining or just not even overtraining because I wasn't going that hard right it was more so the under recovery 
So I was not recovering from even the 75%, 80% efforts I was trying to, you know, hit. Uh, it, it was too much on my, on my CNS. And so that taught me a lot. And then from a professional side, when I got into, you know, I, it happened one by one. It wasn't like I actively maybe was seeking out some of this, but I had a couple clients who were in, you know, different countries. And for example, um, you know, there's a couple groups, I guess, like, and this is, I don't want to, I'm hesitant to say this because I don't want to leave anybody out, but from the, what I'm thinking in my mind, like there's, there's cultural differences, there's mm -hmm. religious differences. Um, some of this is caused by geography that you just don't realize, like a dude I had in India and then also this dude in Saudi Arabia, they both were very, very, uh, they wanted me to know that like, they didn't want to put on too much muscle. Like they did not want to get so jacked the way like yeah. we do here. Like, dude, give me 10 pounds of muscle. I'm not complaining, but they were very sensitive to that. Kind of like even like too much weightlifting would make them even mentally go, Oh, am I going to put on too much muscle? Like they were still in that, uh, you know, way of thinking mm -hmm. and the ideal, when I asked like what the ideal, like, well, what are you going for? Like, what's, what's the dream bod look like over there? It was very, it was described to me as kind of very like, you know, lean and not overly like popping out of your robe and things like that. Um, kind of like a, you know, Brad Pitt in, in fight club type, type look. Right. Yeah. And so that's just a little thing that I didn't think about or know until it happened because yes, I'm Indian too. Right. But I'm not like, I didn't grow I don't live there right now. I didn't grow up there. Um, or like I've been to Saudi, right? But I haven't like, I don't, and I know people maybe like family there, but like, I don't, I wasn't aware. I never talked to them about what kind of body <laughs> they, they were going after. So that informed the way that you would write programming for them, even though you know that like this weightlifting isn't going to, you know, turn them into the incredible Hulk. You have to be sensitive to how they will read that. Um, because it, it, you know, if they want more body weight stuff, respect it and give them some of that. So mentally they feel like, oh yeah, I'm getting lean, you know, I'm going after that, that look that I want. So that was one group. Another one was this women's only gym in Kuwait. And yeah, this is more I'm common in the that. Middle East where there's women. Yeah, there's there's women's only gyms. And um, I got to communicate with like the person below the owner, like who handled all the I think the owner was actually a dude now that I'm thinking about it. And I never really got to like talk to him that much. But it was the the lady that kind of handled everything else and the actual operations. And I remember like the programming had to be so simple. That was one of the challenges like there's so many people in this class, like there's, they're alert, like they're just getting into working out, their skill levels are all over the place. So that part, but also they need to feel challenged. Mm. And like, they just did a workout that's helping them burn fat. Like they can't feel like they do want to be strong and do some weightlifting. And I was surprised by some of the things they were open to doing. But it was a very, very specific balance, like, dude, back and forth on the programming, like, oh, can you change this or that? And, yeah. you know, it took a little bit of time to really settle into a, a, a rhythm where everybody was happy and it was it was it was going, you know, smoothly. So those two situations right there, you're like, OK, that's those are two different 
you know, things. But like another one is, um, let's say somebody who, um, and this was actually the client in India too, but I had other vegan clients that, you know, in the U S or different parts of the world where, you know, they, right. They don't eat meat, and, uh, you want to respect that. Like in your mind, you know, I, I worked with also plenty of trainers and coaches where it's like, get your, like getting your protein in uh, your ideal, you know, two palms per meal or, you know, this many grams per day was like the first and main goal for a long time, right? It's mm-hmm. like, get your protein in. And it is easier, yes, if you can eat meat because it's just so available, right? Like uh, my boss at this CrossFit gym used to have uh, chicken breast in a, you know, plastic uh, baggie and just pull that out and start snacking on it, you know, in between, <laughs> you know, coaching classes or whatever. And yeah. it was like, oh, that's a convenient 12 grams, you know, times two or whatever it is. And so that becomes a little bit like, oh, it's it's going to be harder for you to get in the nutrients possibly that you need. Maybe not though, right? If you are an Olympic weightlifting client that's vegan, okay, that's going to be like, we're going to need to focus on certain things versus if you're, you know, you're just looking to look good, move well, work out three times a week and like keep, you know, eating the way you want and enjoying your, you know, uh, food within your, your, you know, like limits, then that's, you know, there's a different way to approach that. So, um, to paint a couple of different examples there, there's one last example I want to make sure to include, which is like first responders or military personnel, like Air Force, Navy, yeah. uh, you know, people who are, you know, SWAT team. Like I've worked with a lot of these folks who are on their adrenaline is just like ICU nurses. Adrenaline is through the roof, man, like all day, every day because of just the nature, like SWAT team you're usually like a state trooper or something else at the same time. And then you're also, you right. know, on SWAT duty. So like in the middle of the night, you might wake up and do a drill for six hours and, or go do a raid or something and like be back with your kids at 7am to drop them off to school and like try to fit your workout in and, and do life the rest of the day. So it's just like, you have to think about like those are all different situations, even within SWAT team, Air Force, um, you know, ICU nurse, doctor, uh, lawyer. These are all different like areas where they have certain limitations or constraints that like we have to keep in mind. Like I can't burn out an ICU nurse because like they're actually responsible for somebody's life like later that day. You know what I mean? And like you can't be shaking because you just did Fran and you have like a Fran cough and your arms are shaking when you're doing surgery. That's not a good look, right? And so I don't want to be the trainer that maybe pushes a, a firefighter like too hard in a workout and then they have to go respond to a fire and they can't, you know, do what they need to do. So you have to keep like those, these are, um, you know, different, like there's a different emergency levels maybe right in each of these things. But the common thread in all of it is that it's unique. There's there's, it's unique and universal. There are parts of it that are unique, like in their situations. And then there are certain things that are somewhat universal, which is like, we're going to do for every client anyways. Like we're going to ask them questions. That's one of the best ways to like understand like, Oh, like I've actually never worked with a SWAT team guy before. Like, what's it like? Like, what can you tell me? You know, um, trying to just get information tells me a lot about like, Oh, you're in a car for 14 hours a day. Like, wow, that's a 
you know, like your hips are going to be tight. Like I can't be giving this guy back squats all day. Like this guy should, you know, maybe do some deadlifts and maybe, you know, do some stretches and things like that. So, um, questions open up the door to a lot of those answers. Sure. Um, what do you think in your experience? Is that, is that true? No. Yeah. I was just reflecting on a couple of vegans I've worked with and just the temptation to want them to see how nutrition works better for what you want to do. Um, but the goal is to try to make yeah. it for them. And so, uh, always stepping back and just trying to like a thing I just kept seeing you do in all those different situations was stepping, like removing yourself from it and trying to be a problem solver for the client. And, um, it always comes back to that. And so culture matters because sometimes the things you're going to be working around are cultural issues. And the, the job of the coach is not to bend someone to be like you, the job of the coach is to um, is to help reveal the truth on how to get where they want to based on the path that they have chosen, right? So there's a destination, and people choose certain paths on how to get to that destination. And I think that um, you know the job of the coach is then try to figure out how to get there. So if you have the client who wants to get enough protein and put in a little muscle mass on, but they're a vegan, you're going to have to pick a certain trail. And you might say this trail is a little harder and a little steeper and a little bit more challenging than maybe had we gone this way. But this is the best route for you based on how, how you're aligned in your values and principles. And that really that applies through the, the you know religion thing it, it applies to the cultural thing and it applies from just kind of like the i guess the vegan would be like more of an ethical thing right so um yeah yes. just being good listeners and 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 this stuff really matters this is like stuff that you learn on the go but one of the things that Mizba and i are going to be putting together here is we're going to be putting together like a consultation questionnaire we're going to sell it it's gonna be a very affordable price um, but we're going to give you about a hundred different good questions, and they're going to be categorized in, in certain categories to basically allow your client to to show those values and those priorities to you, so that you can get to know them. And the more that you're aligned to getting to know them, the better you can be a coach for them, right? So it's a really valuable product that we're going to be putting out. But these are all based off of things that. Uh, we've experienced things that, that have worked in our own coaching and also just things we've read and had to, and done ourselves. So you don't have to learn all this through experience, right? You can learn some of these things just from, yeah. um, from wisdom and thought. Um, and so we're hoping this is a tool that goes towards that for you guys. Dude, me and Blake have had to go through so many awkward conversations, <laughs> negotiations, yeah. weird like moments with people where like a lot of error to get to like, oh, this was the right question to ask. Like there are yeah. certain questions you can ask which you shouldn't and it will lead you down a rabbit hole that you can't get that time back. You wasted like another the opportunity to get another three good questions done in that console. So there's stuff in here that your clients aren't going to answer 100 questions for you right off the bat. We're dividing this up in a way that's like, yes, there's a questionnaire that's initial. It, mm -hmm. it keeps people's attention span and giving you the most important info. And then there's internal questions, stuff that you will ask yourself or other coaches and things like that. But, you know, then there's also external questions that you'll ask your clients that pull out the best answers, which is basically doing your job 
halfway for you. If you can get them to pull out the right answers, they feel clear on it, like they're going to feel good about it. There was a client that um, he was a doctor in, I forget in what, like radiology or something like that. But he was at one of the, he became one of the owners or part owners of that hospital or something at some point too. And this guy just like, he was so busy. Like he coached baseball with his kid, you know, kids and did all sorts of other stuff on top of just being a doctor, being on call and all of that. And it was hard for him to find some consistency. And a lot of the things that we did, man, were so basic. And a lot of times we chatted the stuff that we chatted about and he wanted to like talk about were stuff that he already knew. Like he wasn't a newbie. He was a little more advanced, but like he was kind of pay, like paying me to get to like have that affirmation. Right. Yeah. Of like, am I, can you look into this? Like, cause I don't need to know everything, but he, you should be willing to like find out. Right. So if you can show like, I don't know this, but I can find out like people will just come to you just to like, help them work through their thoughts a little bit there, um, which That's isn't good. like, isn't not valuable. You know, I can know that can seem like, oh, it's a little bit like meta and, you know, it's not real value or whatever. But if it actually moves them internally, the needle externally to do the next thing that they do and to stay consistent and all of that, um, you know, it, it, it is worth it, in my opinion. You know, that's a big part of uh, your success in delivering what you said you were going to and all of that. So a lot of times yeah. it's it's a lot of how you say what you say, how you ask what you ask um, and what you don't ask sometimes. So uh, we will be putting that out. Keep an eye out for that. Um, anything else, Blake, before we yeah. uh, Just, wrap it I up? Think, no, no, yeah. I think in closing, like – the the coach is really someone who is both trying to be professional, right? So you're thinking mindful of your time, mindful of their time, but also like flirting the line of of personal and uh, not trying to get too personal. You're not a counselor. You're not a shrink. You're not um, uh, you know a psychiatrist or any of that. But but you are someone who's going to get people to share. I need affirmation in this area. I can't tell you how many personal things people have opened up to me, and those things play into, hey, I'm going to change your programming up because your your CNS and stress levels here, and I need you, you know, I can't be kicking your butt trying to get you to PR your deadlift when you're crying yourself to sleep because of this relationship or whatever is going on um, in that person's life. And so um, the reason this podcast we felt like was important and the product that we're going to be putting out with the questionnaire is just it's it is vital that you figure out how to appropriate your time and your position as someone who's both like you know getting to know what you need to know to be professional but at the same time making them feel like you're personally for them because it is a both and and trying to find that line is a difficult one and i i know i've gone over and wrong on both sides i've been ultra boundary and and professional in some senses and and it, it came off cold and i've gone the other extreme where i probably went out of my scope of practice at times um and so you know you don't have to do that these are these are things we're trying to help you guys avoid so with that being said you know go check it out i think uh we'll, we'll be putting that out on our website trainerslab.com and um yeah and anything ms trainerslabpod.com my bad 
Yeah, trainerslivepod.com, and it'll be in the uh, descriptions uh, wherever you're listening or watching as well. Um, but yeah, that's really, I mean, this is obviously a meaty topic. We could have di- done an episode on each one of the case studies we mentioned. Oh, but yeah. hopefully what we painted for you today like gave you some common threads of, oh, okay, it really comes down to being open to asking, removing yourself yeah. from the situation and your biases and opinions and then your ability if you don't know to actually ask so i would get asked questions and you know this can all happen this happens in every profession you know what i mean lawyers talk to each other and their mentors and their peers and you know trainers do it like everybody does it when they don't know what to do so there's mm-hmm. probably some people in your life and synonymous with people nowadays is really the content that's out there and people you feel comfortable with listening to and you trust um, to help you know bridge that gap so as long as you're curious and you can show that through questions like that automatically is like make somebody feel like okay this person gets it and if you can get across the feeling that this person gets it, you'll get hired. I can show you a a bunch of scripts when I ask questions from people like, hey, why'd you choose me, whatever. The response was like, I could tell right away, like when I clicked on your profile, when I talked to you, like you were the guy, this is like, this person gets it, right? And there's just something about that that's hard to communicate. Like, what is that? What is getting it? Well, Mm -hmm. part of it is it's asking questions and it's demonstrating you understand even though you haven't maybe directly been in that situation, you get where they're coming from, Yeah. you know? So we're gonna be giving you that. Make sure to check that out. I hope this was uh, helpful in getting you started and thinking about that. And of course, if there's any specific questions, you know, you have a specific case study as a coach you're dealing with or potential client you might get to work with, but you're nervous about like how you're going to handle it and deliver, um, reach out to us, uh, hi at trainerslabpod.com. We would love to hear from you and help you out how we can. Um, but thanks for hanging out today. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe wherever you're at, and we will talk to you soon.